Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Dad, can you explain again what we're doing? Sure, Russ. We're kicking off our fun old-fashioned family Christmas by heading out into the country in the old front-wheel drive sleigh to embrace the frosty majesty of the winter landscape and select that most important of Christmas symbols. We're not driving all the way out here so you can get one of those stupid ties with the Santa Clauses on it, are we, Dad? No, I have one of those at home. What we're looking for today is the Griswold family Christmas tree. Griswold family Christmas tree. Isn't it a little big? It's not big, it's just full. Dad, that thing wouldn't fit in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. <sighs> Look at it. It really is beautiful, Jack. Something else, huh, Russ? Yeah, Dad. Isn't it beautiful, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Most enduring traditions of the season are best enjoyed in the warm embrace of kith and kin. <laughs> the three are the symbol of the spirit of the Griswold family Christmas. Dad, did you bring a saw? I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Here. Mm. <coughs> Looks great. A little full. A lot of sap. I don't know, Sparky. I just have this feeling. Ellen, that it's not gonna... I want to have Christmas here in our house. It means a lot to me. All my life I've wanted to have a big family Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's just that I know how you build things up in your mind, Sparky. You set standards that no family event can ever live up to. Have I ever done that? Parties, weddings, Night, anniversaries, honey. funerals, holidays, vacations. Well, Merry Christmas. Man, you made it to the best series we've got all year, Christmas at the Movies, where we pull all of our biblical theology from Clark Griswold. And uh, no, I'm kidding. We're going to take. Some great Christmas classics and pull some biblical truths. That was going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss it. You also came, if you're a first-time visitor, on Ugly Sweater Christmas Day. This is not our normal attire. Uh, I see many of you blinking out there. It's kind of distracting, I'm not going to lie. So, uh, no, we're so glad that you're with us for this amazing series. And listen, we, we love Christmas time at the, movie, at, at, at the Movement Church. And uh, we just love everything that it's about 
uh, mostly because it's a time where everybody kind of refocuses and recenters their attention on different directions. And what I love about this clip is this, <laughs> Clark Griswold's one of my favorite characters of all time. I literally watch this three times this week and every time I laugh just as hard. But he's trying desperately to create the perfect Christmas. He's trying to manufacture brand new traditions. He's trying to manufacture a feeling or the essence or as he said, the Griswold family Christmas. They venture out to buy a massive tree that does not fit. Uh, and, and along the way, and if you've seen the movie ever, uh, listen, I'm not, this movie, by the way, is not sanctified. So for those of you that might be judging me right now, this is, Jesus didn't make this movie, people did. Jesus wrote the word. We're going to pull truth out of the word, not the movie. Can I get an amen for that? All right. So uh, what, what's amazing about this is the entire movie and the entire story is a disaster. As Clark is attempting to create a perfect Christmas. And I think we do this too. We work diligently to cruise through Pinterest to find out exactly how to make new do-it-yourself, uh, you know, crafts in your home. Maybe if you have the demon elf on the shelf that shows up in your house, bless God, I hate that guy. And it doesn't even matter. There's so many different things that happen. And I believe it's in an attempt to create a perfect Christmas. But what we need to know is that the perfect Christmas has already come. The perfect Christmas has already come. In fact, the reason we celebrate Christmas is because of Jesus. I love what this passage of Scripture says in Galatians 4, verses 4 through 5. It says this, when the right time came, when the right time came, sorry, let me find my own Scripture here. When the right time came, the time God decided on, he sent his son, born of a woman, so he could adopt us as his very own children. I like that. When the right time came, the time that God decided, right? He created the perfect Christmas. There's nothing you and I can do to add to it or take away from it. God has already set in motion something so magnificent that nothing throughout the history of mankind can change that. I love this next passage of scripture in Ecclesiastes 3.1. It says this, everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. And so for some of us, this is good. We can take the pressure off. We don't have to try to create the perfect Christmas. In fact, the perfect Christmas is painted for us through the picture of scripture in, cha in Luke chapter 2. Now, I was raised in a home where my dad was a pastor. I was homeschooled my whole life. Please don't tell anybody that's a secret. And uh, as a result, I was doing book reports on fasting, memorizing Psalm 119. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. And, uh, and so my dad, every Christmas, had us memorize this passage of Scripture. But for the sake of today, I will not hurt you with the King James Version of it. But this is what the passage of Scripture says. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. This is just after uh, Jesus is born in a manger who's off in a stable with Mary and Joseph. And it's not a beautiful scene uh, by any, any depiction. We might see that angelically. If you see Nate today, he actually has a nativity scene on his sweater. It's quite amazing. Like not a picture, like a literal nativity scene. And it says, happy birthday, big guy. So uh, anyways, I, he, I think he should win first service. Ugliest sweater, uh, and for that, we're just going to not let him come back to our church. But listen to what this passage of Scripture says, uh, verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. It is so hot in this sweater. So glad it's going to be 70 degrees outside today. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is, I love this, the Messiah. That just means Savior, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Hey, listen, everybody, Christmas is not a time for perfection. Perfection is not the goal. The perfectly iced cookies, the perfectly hung ornaments, the perfectly displayed Christmas tree, the perfectly depicted Christmas picture of khakis and white shirts at the montage, this is not the goal of Christmas. I don't know if that's cool anymore. Maybe it's jeans and white shirts now. We were going to do onesies one year, but Megan was like, no way, we're not doing it. Perfection is not the goal. Perfection is not the goal at Christmas time. So what is Christmas time about? What is this season of Christmas about? I love how the angel shows up on the scene with the shepherds. And in verse 10, they they get scared and the angel says, Hey, fear not or do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring you great tidings of good joy. The angels show up on the scene and instantly the people are afraid. And the angel says, do not be afraid. And I just want to tell you, for those of you who are in this room today, Christmas is a time to release my fears. Christmas is a time to release my fears, to let them go. It's not a season for perfection, but Christmas is a time to release my fears. What are the fears that might be in your life or in your world today? Is it the fear of creating the perfect Christmas party? Or is it the fear of these unrealistic expectations that might be set on you by a boss, an employer, or maybe just some different family members, right? Because the holidays bring out family members from every direction. Or maybe uh, the fears that are in your world are bills this year. Maybe when you sit down to look at the budget, the fear begins to explode into how are we going to afford the gifts that I want to give to my family? How do we prioritize who we give gifts to? Maybe the fear is where will we be living next year? Where should we be? What will happen in our family? Will our family be at the fullness that we have in our heart? What about my health? Is there a fear for your health or for your children? What are the fears in your life today? Christmas is a time To release your fears. The angel said, fear not. Do not be afraid. Jesus didn't come so that you and I could have fear in our life. Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. You know, it's interesting. In the job and the occupation that I have, um, there's always an interesting dynamic that takes place. And that's when I have uh, maybe an interaction with somebody that I just met. And we talk for a few minutes, or usually on the golf course especially. But when we talk for a few minutes, and then after uh, a couple of maybe, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes of conversation. And then they say, what do you do for a living? And this is my favorite thing in the world. Because nobody ever expects this good-looking guy to say, 
No, no, that's not the part they don't expect. Settle down, people. Settle down. Nobody expects me to say I'm a pastor. And every time I say that, I can tell within 0.7 seconds by the look on their face where this conversation, it's like this, like, really? Or, oh, well, listen, I've got to get back to my work, or I'm sorry I said that curse word. And, and the, the, the dynamics begin to change. Oh, I went to church one time when I was seven, and yeah, what kind of, did I, oh, yeah, my aunt uh, in, back in Saskatchewan, I just made that city up, she actually was at a church at one point, and they just start backpedaling like I'm the Holy Father. And I kind of am like that, I get it, I'm just saying, but it's interesting to me, the conversations change, and then they start telling me about all these community projects that they're a part of, and it's just this interesting dynamic, like they want repentance for their sins, and I have a confession when I was eight, and it's just, it's so weird, but I think it's actually a a depiction of how people view God. I think so many people have an unhealthy fear of God. Like he's just this distant figure who is a constant reminder of what I haven't accomplished. Or what I haven't achieved. And that's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is a time to release your fears. What are the fears in your life this year? What are the fears in your life? I gotta just be transparent, there's not in my notes, but we're so stoked about this series and we're watching some great movies and one of my favorite all-time Christmas movies is It's a Wonderful Life. And we sat down to watch that with our kids. It's black and white. It's like four by three format. So on your widescreen TV, it's like this little bitty tiny black and white box. And my kid's like, what is this? I'm like, shut up and sit down and you watch it. I will tape your eyes open. You, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> and we get like 30 seconds into it. And I just start convulsing crying. Like shaking. Thanks for laughing. I'm like shaking. And my wife's like rubbing my back. And my family comes around me and hugs me. Which is like the greatest thing for me. Like Avery's like, it's okay. Your family's with you, dad. I mean, it's like the sweetest thing. But it was a reminder for me. This, that movie is my dad's favorite movie. And he passed away in April. This is the first Christmas to not be able to text him. I wanted to text my dad. Hey, dad. I'm introducing my kids to It's a Wonderful Life. Thanks for introducing me to the classics. And so there's some fears in my life. What will this next few, the traditions that we walk through, what will it be like without texting my father or calling him? And I don't think many of you might be able to identify with fears like this in your life. They may seem silly like a perfect Christmas party. or They may seem grand. What are the fears in your life? Because Christmas is a time to release your fears. The angel said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I like somebody once said this. I don't know who it was, so I'll just say it was me. The presence of fear does not mean that I have no faith. Fear visits everyone. So make sure your fear is a visitor and not a resident. That's good, isn't it? That's why I said it. (laughs) But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Christmas is a time to release my fears. And Christmas is a time to renew my faith. Watch this next clip. 250 strands of light. 100 individual bulbs per strand for a grand total of 25,000 imported Italian twinkle lights. 25,000. I hope nobody I know drives by and sees me standing in the yard staring at the house in my pajamas. If they know your dad, they won't think anything of it. Fire it up, Dad! 
I dedicate this house to the Griswold family Christmas. Aww. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Oh, oh, uh... Clark. <laughs> you, ever, you ever feel like that? Like everything you're putting your energy and your time into, it's like, joy to the world, and then like, nothing works, right? You, and then it's all, you always have somebody who's had too much martini laughing at you with a hiccup. No? Y'all don't have that? That's good. That's good. You, listen, I, have you ever felt like that? Like it's just, it, maybe it just seems like, like time and time again, you put your faith into a, a, a loved one or a, a, an occupation or, dare I say, into a God that you, you hope to believe in. But for some reason, it's just not working out the way that you had planned. And, and man, the faith that I would like to have or even maybe sometimes the faith that I see in others, it's inspiring. But I can't seem to muster because I feel like Clark Griswold, every time it's going to come together and... It just doesn't seem to work. Anybody ever, ever feel like that? Like just where, where do I put my faith? What am I supposed to believe in? And even sometimes, dare I say that, we just sometimes don't even have faith in ourselves anymore. You ever been to that place? I, I got to be honest, sometimes I'm at this place where I've made so many of the same repetitive mistakes that when I look at my track record, I have a difficult time even having faith that I can get out of the scenario or the problem that I'm in because I've been here just too many times. But Christmas is a time to renew your faith. You ever felt like Clark here? Or maybe your faith is more like this next clip. Let's watch this. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing! allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh. Man, maybe, maybe you feel like your faith is more like this. Maybe more antiquated, right? Some of you are just like, I believe in my faith, I'll make it to my 80th Christmas. Or 
Maybe it's more, it's tr so traditional that your faith really isn't in a God, but it's in a system. That maybe your faith isn't even a relationship, but more pomp and circumstance. Can I be honest? I feel like so many times this is what we actually want. We want a faith that is based upon tradition or pomp and circumstance or just church attendance. And so faith really isn't the resonance of what I believe in or about the God that I serve. And I think so many of us, our faith is like this, that we just kind of know, hopefully your faith isn't fully like that, but we just know the system. I mean, aren't we good at getting to church, standing for the right songs, clapping in the fast ones, raising our hands in the slow ones, laughing at the attractive pastor on the stage, and no, God, every time. That will never get old to me, okay? I'm going to keep making that joke. And, and we kind of do it, and then if you, maybe you're a volunteer, maybe you're not, and you know when you go home and when you serve, maybe you're on Eagle Week, Tiger Week, if you don't know what that is, man, you better change your game, son. And, uh, and, and it just kind of becomes this process, but I think somewhere along the lines, we, we've actually removed the connection to the Heavenly Father who loves us. Kind of like a husband and wife who just go through the motions and end up cohabitating instead of actually being in a full, thriving marriage. It's just kind of the motions. And I think Christmas is a time to renew your faith. In fact, the greatest thing about this, what the, the angel was saying in Luke 2 to the shepherds is, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. That's the message of Christmas. Good news. How many of you just need some good news in your life? Man, that's what Jesus did at Christmas. And, and this, the, have, you ever think, have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus came as a baby? He didn't come as a fully grown man with his awesome beard. He didn't land in the Millennium Falcon, which he totally could have. And just like shown up on the scene and blown everybody. He came as a baby. He came as an infant. In the most humble of scenarios possible. Not in a hospital not in a home, not even in a hotel, but tucked away in a nasty stable. Now listen, we're not talking about the stable of the San Juan equestrian farm right around the corner here. We're talking about a stable where they put the animals they don't care about. In a manger, which is a trough that animals eat out of. Sometimes we don't even think about it because all we think of is the plastic stands that are lit that we put in our front yard. And Mary's like this, and Joseph is like this, and the baby's like that. I don't know why, but he's like this. Preparation for the cross, I guess. I don't know. Is that sacrilegious? I'm sorry. I mean, that was too far. Too far. Let's bring it back. But he came as a baby. He came as a baby. And Christ's coming says three things. These are worth writing down. Number one, you matter to God. So much that God said, I'm going to send my only son. You matter. He paused all of humanity for a moment to send his son. Not for the person sitting next to you in an ugly sweater, but for you. You matter to God. You matter to God. And maybe that's the only reason you're here today is to hear that. Because Christmas is a time to renew your faith. You're not an accident is the second thing. You're not an accident. So he sent Jesus for all mankind to say that you aren't just accidentally sucking air 
to live and die and hopefully get something great on your tombstone. But you have a purpose. And the third thing, Jesus said, I want you to know me and experience me. That's why Jesus came to earth and took on the form of a man. Are you tracking? He said, man, I want to be close to you. When my daughter Avery has a bad dream, she comes in in the middle of the night, and I can tell my wife, I don't actually wake up, let's be honest. My wife can tell, that was a horrible laugh. (laughs) My wife can tell when she needs to just go get back in bed or when she needs to be picked up and just held for a minute to pull her in close and say, hey, it's going to be okay. I want you to know I've got everything covered. And that's exactly what Jesus did by coming here. He said, I want you to experience me. Not some distant God that I don't know, but a God that I can have a relationship with. Christmas is a time to renew your faith. I love it. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Christmas is a time to release my fears, renew my faith, and a time to rebuild relationships. Let's watch this next clip. How sure does look swell, Clark. Thanks, Eddie. I hope it enhances your holiday spirit. (laughs) Dear Catherine. Eddie? (laughs) Oh, the house is gorgeous, Clark. (laughs) Eddie? I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. (laughs) Kids, come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house. (laughs) Eddie? Eddie? <laughs> yeah, if you don't remember, this here is Rocky. Have you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus he ain't identified yet. <laughs> you remember Ruby Sue? Oh, yeah. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. Her eyes aren't crossed anymore. That's something, ain't it? She falls in a well, eyes go cross. She gets kicked by a mule, they go back to normal. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And this here's our pride and joy. Snots. Pretty name, Ed. (laughs) Yeah, we named him that because he's got this sinus condition. (laughs) Snots, you roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. (laughs) <laughs> That's something, ain't it? You pet him, Clark, on the belly, and he'll love you till the day you die. Yeah. I really shouldn't. My hands are all chapped. <laughs> we were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> we have plenty of room. <laughs> How many of you love Cousin Eddie? Yeah. Let's just be honest. Listen, I'm not saying... This is my favorite character in all of the movies. If he's not yours, you don't even know what you're talking about. So let's just be honest real quickly. Not exactly like this, but by a show of hands, how many of you have at least something like a Cousin Eddie in your family? Just raise your hands right now. Just look around. Don't feel judged. Listen, hold on. Keep your hands up. If your hand is not up, you are probably Cousin Eddie. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to throw that out there. You might, you might be Cousin Eddie who just shows up at the wrong time and... Oh, man, he's my favorite. My fav- I almost handed out the glass moose mugs that he drinks the eggnog out of, but it was a little too expensive. I didn't want to, you know, we didn't do that. But uh, anyways, my favorite character. But listen, Christmas is a time 
to rebuild relationships. It's a time to rebuild relationships. And while Cousin Eddie is a silly figure, fictional figure, he's actually a representation of what happens all too often. And that is, for whatever reason, in the holiday season, um, we are forced, right? Whether by a great attitude or just because of parties or meals or whatever, to, to get in the same room with people that we may not have the greatest relationships with. Right, And so some people may just be a little bit of an, an awkwardness like Cousin Eddie. But the truth is sometimes Christmas actually rekindles or regurgitates a lot of brokenness in relationships. Like I shared with you earlier, um, Christmas can be a reminder of the people who are not going to be in our life for this Christmas season. But it also is a reminder that I've got to see that one guy or that one gal again. And I, don't, I can't even stand that cousin. Or You know what? Christmas is a time we have to say things to our spouse that I don't even really feel. And I believe that Christmas is a time to rebuild relationships. What did the angels say at the very tail end of this passage of Scripture? He said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Peace and goodwill toward men. And I believe that in the Christmas season, we need to work on rebuilding relationships. And for some of us, that might look like rebuilding kindness back into our marriage. Isn't it crazy how, uh, for those of you that are married in this room, especially, you, you just kind of go, you get in this process, like, did y'all ever have a big wheel growing up? If you, if raise your hand if you know what a big wheel is. If you're a girl, you probably don't know. If you're a dude, you might. So there's this plastic tricycle that had one big wheel in the front and two little wheels in the back and big old, like, Ape hangers for handlebars. And man, you just, as a seven-year-old, just felt like a bad man pajama, right? And so it had the pedals on the side and the front. So you're leaning back, kicked up, kind of like just cruising. And you would start to pedal, and the wheel would go... And so you're not going anywhere, but this thing is turning. And all of a sudden, wah, wah, and it starts picking momentum up. And you're cruising. Then you can turn, and someone had this little break. And like, blah, 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 Tokyo Drift, before Fast and the Furious, come on somebody, right? And the thing is, sometimes in relationships, in marriages, it becomes like that. Like you work hard to get it going, and you're dating, and you're, man, writing poems, and you ain't never written a poem in your life. And you're singing songs and you're doing exciting things. And then the momentum starts building and then you get engaged and now you're cruising. And then you get married and this is exciting. And if you grew up in the church, you're like, man, I can officially have sex. This is awesome. And everything is so good. And then all of a sudden, you're just cruising through life. And one year has passed, two years have passed, kids come in. You've got to get money coming in just to pay for the car that you couldn't afford in the first place. And you get a mortgage on a home because the dream was to have a big home with the yard. But that's not in Southern California with a really cool porch. And, and so you just, yeah, come on. Amen. And so you just get this stuff going. And then seven, eight, ten years later, you, you've forgotten what got you here in the first place. That deep sense of love and kindness. And, and that's the thing that seems to slip out the window is kindness. Like we feel it's okay to be short or curt or rude with the people that are closest to us. Like they don't deserve the pleasantries we give to a stranger in the grocery store. Maybe it's time to rebuild kindness in your marriage. Maybe it's time to rebuild affirmation of your children. 
I wonder how many of us are trying to paint a picture of perfection for our kids because we're so driven on them becoming something great that we begin to point out things that they need to adjust more than pointing out the things that we love about them. Maybe it's time to rebuild honor towards your parents, teenager, and stop being a punk, college student. Great, you know everything. If, you, if you're living with your parents, shut up and honor them. Somebody said amen on that one. But hey, but listen, I mean, maybe it's time to rebuild honor. Some of you are angry that I said shut up. Please forgive me. It's time to rebuild honor. Maybe it's just time to rekindle some great friendships, to call that person you haven't talked to. Maybe it's time to holler at, a, at an aunt or an uncle that's been frustrating towards you. Or instead of getting geared up for a disaster of a Christmas meal, start looking forward to the potential great things that can come from it. Maybe it's time to rebuild a relationship with Jesus. Start fresh. And this has become the motions like that big wheel. And church kind of becomes boring when that's impossible at the movement church. It isn't me, it's you. <laughs> Throw that out there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Christmas is a time to read. Hey, let me ask you a question. Who's the person that you, you need to just text and you've been putting it off for a while? Maybe it's time to rebuild an estranged relationship with a sibling or a son or a daughter or a parent. You say, I don't, man, I think God's doing something right now. Listen, I think there's some people in here who actually have a broken relationship with a family member, a son or daughter, a sister, a sibling or parents. And you tried a couple of times and now you just kind of, you don't, it's not that they're dead to you, but you just kind of written it off as no hope. And I, I wonder what God could do this Christmas. How do I start that? You know the best way to start? You don't, they wronged me, Pastor Kerry. They, they mistreated me, Pastor Kerry. Do you know what the scripture says to do with people who have wronged us? To pray for them. Not God destroy their home, burn their car, help them lose their job. But God, would you make this the best Christmas that they've ever had? God, what are the dreams in their heart? Would you come in a miraculous way and bring life? And then follow that prayer with a text. See what God can do. See what God can do. Christmas is a time to rebuild relationships. Christmas is a time to rebuild relationships. Let's roll this last clip. Clark, it's over. Not according to Santa's watch, it isn't. Now, come on, son. Stay out of this, Dad. Clark, I think it's best if everyone just goes home. Before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. Son? I, I love you. We all love you. But this is a terrible night. Nothing's gone right. It's a disaster. You losing your temper with the whole family only makes things worse. And you're too good a father to act like this. In years to come, you want your children and your family to remember all the love you gave us and how hard you tried to make the perfect Christmas. Well, I just 
It's okay. It happens. All our holidays were always such a mess. Oh, yeah. How did you get through it? I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels. <laughs> I love you. Dad? Yeah? Are you gonna recite the night before Christmas? No. It's your house. It's your Christmas. I'm retiring. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. Wow, that was a quick ending. Uh, we're not advocates of Jack Daniels, just to let you know for a moment, for those of you that are freaked out. Um, <laughs> that's, some of you, that's, all, that's all you're going to hear. Is He said, Jack Daniels in the clip, what kind of church is this? <laughs> I'm, I believe my next point, Christmas is a time to receive forgiveness, so please forgive us. And it's misspelled on the screen because I typed it in, so forgive me for my, uh, my incorrect spelling. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, um, to watching Christmas vacation, it, it can be a challenge to, uh, kind of go in and out of the clips and allow the Holy Spirit to do work in our life. The series in, in this sermon isn't about Christmas vacation. It's about what Christmas is a time for, right? To remove the fear, to renew the faith. To rebuild relationships and truly to receive forgiveness. Uh, maybe some of you feel like you, like Clark said, I, how could it get any worse, Helen? We're on the threshold of hell, right? I, I don't know about you, but man, I, I felt like that, and, and in not a humorous way, on multiple occasions in my life. Like, I, I am, I just messed up too much. I, I, don't, I, I can go through the motions with my walk with Christ because then I don't actually have to let him penetrate to my heart. Because on the inside I feel dirty or like I don't belong. And I love the passage of scripture in verse 11. The angels were talking to the shepherds and they said, Today... In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He is the Savior. And that is the beautiful picture of Christmas. That no one in this room is exempt from the salvation offered through Jesus. No one is too far gone. No one is past the point of no return. All of us fit into the embodiment of his grace. And for some of you in this room today, you may have walked in feeling like you weigh a million pounds because of shame or condemnation. Some of you may have walked in thinking, I hope he doesn't talk about this because it will just remind me of what I don't. And maybe today is a day to receive forgiveness. To know that you're not too far gone. That he came as a baby to remind us 
of the humble purpose that you have on this earth and to remind you of the grace that is sufficient for you. I don't know if you heard this story. I, I think it's been about a year ago now. Uh, a boyfriend, girlfriend in Canada, uh, just deep into their relationship, just loved each other and just bought this around the world trip all the way through Europe and Eastern Europe, going to go into Asia and kind of end up in Australia, then come back to the, the States and then kind of cruise on up to Canada. And they were super stoked about it and dropped a ton of cash. And then, of course, they broke up. And so now this guy has a trip that he's paid for and no girlfriend. But the truth is this, is that all he had to put on the information was the first name of the girl, and that was it. So he put an ad on Craigslist saying, hey, if your name is Amanda, and you want to go on a free, all-expenses-paid trip around the world, holler at me, I'm doing some interviews now. So he got hundreds and thousands of inquiries, and finally one girl fit the bill, she was already dating, it wasn't going to be weird, and she got a free trip All expenses paid because there was a ticket with her name on it. And some of you need to know this. You may not deserve an all expenses paid ticket for grace and forgiveness. You may have done something that is so wrong that it really is unacceptable. But there's a ticket with your name on it. There's a ticket with your name on it. You see, Jesus came as a baby, grew to a man, and died on the cross to pay the ransom and the punishment for every decision that is poor that you've ever made, for every sin that you or I have ever committed. And there's a ticket with your name on it that said, you have been forgiven. Some of you came in this room today, and it's the day to renew your faith, to start fresh with God. Maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but you've been running from it. Today's the day to renew your faith. But some of you came in this room today, and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus. And today, friends, is your day. You say, you don't understand, Pastor Kerry, where I've come from, what I've done. And that's true. I don't, but it doesn't matter. There's a ticket with your name on it. Jesus paid the ransom, the payment for our sin and you don't have to get perfect you don't have to be a member of the movement church you don't ever have to come back here but we think you'll want to all you have to do is say Jesus I give you my life in just a moment I'm going to pray a prayer and if you're here and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus I want to challenge you in your own heart we're not going to embarrass you we're not going to ask you to get out of your seat but right where you're seated I want to challenge you to pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. And look at me, everybody look at me. Some of you are here today and you need to renew your faith with Christ. And I want to challenge you to pray this prayer with me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody looking around, nobody moving. Just in your own heart, I'll be the only one praying out loud. Just pray this simple and sweet prayer. Dear God, I know you're real. I know you love me, even with my sin, even with my mistakes. Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price. 
you just repeat this phrase in your own heart and say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.